the a show with the kings of pro wrestling podcasts and we are awesome i gotta add an extra extra thing to our drop here meals after this uh, this episode today we're big that's what we bigger are than we ever been. bigger than we ever been <laughs> yo shout out to first of all this is episode 212 that means it is episode 212 that means i feel very very close to this number 212 new york Azalea Banks, if you if you so choose, um, but yeah, we have a pretty. I mean, damn! Now I'm gonna, we have a big episode. Yes, absolutely. Um, we got a guest on. Yeah. Before you start, no introduction. Before Go you ahead. Start that, you said two and two. When we get to episode two two seven, can we do a tribute to two two seven? Sure, we can do all that. Yeah, we can definitely do that. So when we do classic <laughs> TV series. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> We're going to forget by the time we get there. No. Um <laughs> Um but yeah, no. Episode, we have a, we have a major episode this week. Um This is the first time we've ever had a WWE champion. The WWE champion, not a WWE champion because of course we have all champions. I mean, this is a, a show, man. This is a, this is we have the row, we have the we, we we have the peak of the peak. We've had the Miz, we've had Drew McIntyre, we have had Bianca Belair, but We've never had the living, breathing, current, reigning WWE champion. So this episode, we have none other than Big E, who is going to join us very, very shortly. But until then, always just make sure that you follow the A-Show on RNC. You follow RNC Radio Live. You follow the podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, everywhere where you can indulge in this show. You can definitely listen to this show. And yeah, I, I've got nothing more to say. Do you have any other massive things to get out the way before we head into this interview? No, uh, this is a great interview. Um, you know, it, it came together as all of our interviews come together <laughs> fairly quickly. Uh, but shout out to shout out to, you know, just E and, and everyone in WWE being so, uh, so grateful and gracious and allowing us this opportunity. Thank you so, so much. Just a fantastic interview with E. Again, I think I feel like meals we keep topping ourselves, and you know, by the end of this one, I felt like, yeah, we 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 did it again. So uh, enjoy this interview with myself and meals and Biggie, the WWE champion, on the A Show right now. We all want to go big, then say that. Ho! Welcome everybody, of course, back to the A Show, and you're, I mean. We're here, obviously. This is the only episode of the A Show that we're actually going to refer it as the E Show today. Forget the A Show today because this is, we have a very big guest. And I mean, yes, big in name, big in term, pejorative sense, all the other stuff like that. Um, of course, we are here because we're entirely hyped for Survivor Series, which will stream live Sunday, November 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Um, but we have a guest. This man is part of the longest reign tag team champions in WWE. He is a Money in the Bank winner. 
is a former intercontinental champion, multiple time intercontinental champion. He is the current WWE champion, which is the first time we've ever had that on this podcast. So that, that's amazing. He is bigger than you've ever seen and currently big as big can ever be. He is Big E. Welcome to the A Show, my friend. I appreciate it. What an, what an intro. What an intro. Appreciate it. <laughs> they, love our, they love his intros. Whenever we have guests, they love his intro. They're the best. Oh, my God. Uh, man, first of all, I mean, we, we hinted at, you know, the lyrics to that Wale theme. Talk about that because just having Wale on your theme song just in general, it's kind of like crazy considering he's a wrestling fan, you're a wrestling fan, but kind of like making all of this work. Like, what can you talk about in terms of like the creation of that actual song itself? Yeah, man, that's to me. That's like one of the, the with my singles run that feels like it helped to set me on my path, just having that Wale joint. So it started uh, around last year, actually about a year ago, when, I think it was maybe September, I don't remember exactly, but around the time that we had that backstage um, with me and Cope, where uh, Cope was hurt and said, you know, I give you my blessing, essentially, to go off and do your thing. Um, but pretty much right after that, uh, you know, I heard from you know, Kevin Dunn, and it was essentially like, hey, you want to come up with a new theme and think about it. And initially, I thought, you know, maybe we do just like remix the uh, the current New Day uh, theme and put Wale on, but then they wanted a whole new track. But it was like, for me, it was easy. The first thing, as soon as I heard, oh, solo theme, Wale. Wale yeah. wanted to do it, Wale, <laughs> get Wale. Um, but like even before then, uh, Neil Lowey, of one street with, with uh, WWE Music, uh, he reached out and like, even before I could say I wanted Wale on it, he suggested Wale, because everyone, I mean, he already knew, that's my go-to. So uh, yeah, I mean the beautiful thing was I actually got to be a part of the process, and you know we started with the beat and was able to kind of give my my feedback from time to time and, and kind of like play with things a little bit, and then just being able to to talk with Wale, who is like family, um, you know, a brother, a friend, all that, uh, you know, he reached out and and it was weird for him to ask me for notes because I'm like, bro, you're you're Wale, you don't just you know me, <laughs> you know the product, you know what a good theme song sounds like. Yeah. Man, whatever you do, I know it's going to be fire. And, uh, yeah, he, he killed it. And the nice part is, so I also, like, I've been re reflecting a lot because we just came back from this European tour, uh, the UK tour. Just We just had four dates. Typically, it's 10 to 12, um, you know, before the pandemic. But I'm in this position now where I'm closing the shows, being the main event. And then, you know, glad handing afterwards, shaking hands and doing autographs. So just hearing that Wale song on loop for, like, 15 minutes, you know, <laughs> you know, when you go out there, I'm usually just in the zone. I'm focused on whatever it is. And then you move on. But I think mm -hmm. the song over and over, that was like the first time this week was the first time it really set in where I was able to hear it over and over. And I was like, that's, that's a damn good song. That's a yeah. Good, yeah. Best More than that, it's yours. You know, it, it's, 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 it's yours. And that, that's the most important part. Um, as far as the creative process uh, of it, like did, did Vince hear it? Was he, was he, you know, did he rock with it? Was he like, Oh, I, I'm, I'm playing this in a car. <laughs> <laughs> I have a vivid memory of Vince first hearing the New Day song because uh, we all heard it together, uh, which is very funny to me in the moment. Uh, but I don't remember him a moment where we talked about the song or anything. It was just kind of, I think I went mo mostly through Kevin Dunn and, and Neil Lowey and everyone like was, was happy with it and signed off on it. So it wasn't, it actually, I, I do remember the one thing I remember that this is not Vince related, but I do remember coming up with song and then I think we were going to play it. I had a, I think it was, I don't remember when it was actually, but we were going to play it initially, but it wasn't right. So we just took the time to get it right, to tweak things. I think initially, actually, 
Wale didn't come in until maybe 20 to 30 seconds in. Like, you didn't hear any Wale whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I thought, like, it's not it's not a three-minute track where I can sit down on my phone. And, like, that's not – I mean, it's available online to do that, but that's not its sole purpose. You know, there are often times where you'll come out and maybe we'll go to commercial break 20 seconds in, you know, 30 seconds in. I wanted to make sure that people heard Wale immediately. So we did go back and we got Wale to, to open. So, like, you know, pretty much the first thing you hear – is Wale's voice, and then having him spit as opposed to uh, starting with the hook. So, yeah, we, we were able to make some tweaks. So it actually probably, it might have been, it was probably a couple months before it actually debuted, just because I wanted to retool things and make sure it was right, because that hopefully, you know, for the rest of my singles run, hopefully for several years, that'll be the song. So I wanted to make sure it was right. Right. Oh, my God. Come on now, production credits on the song. <laughs> right. Changing around. <laughs> Wale joked years ago about um you know hooking me up with an AR job A and R job and I told him I I am not the one. I, I love I love hip hop. I'm a hip hop head, but don't ask me to make any decisions because I don't know what I'm doing. But I appreciate it being, being able to be involved in in the creation of the song was dope. Well, what's your what's your favorite kind of albums of the year? I know Wale just came out with that Fularin too, but like you talk about being a music head. What are you, are you kind of listening to? What's your favorite ones of the year? What are you like between all these tours and these dates? You're back on the road. What are you kind of listening to? Uh, definitely Florence, too, like you mentioned, is my album of the year. Uh, can't forget the Tyler. Tyler's album was incredible. Mm. Uh, I love the Isaiah Rashad. I've been waiting for that one for a minute. It felt like a, a while before he put some new music out, but he killed it with that one. Uh, I've also, just on the R&B side, for some reason, just Mariah the Scientist has just really... I was just, just, just so dope. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm really enjoying both out Rock World and uh, Master were both really, really dope. And I listen to all the time. Um, but yeah, those are kind of those are kind of the, the few albums I'm listening to right now. I also I love Currency, so big Currency fan. Got uh, mm. that Harry Fraud album uh, he dropped too was really dope. Um, I, I, I kind of bounce around a lot too. James Blake, believe it or not, that I don't know if you've heard. I don't think guys. Yeah, Blake, yeah. yeah. But, but that album he dropped is excellent. It's incredible. I met him a few years ago at a Flatbush Zombies concert. So Juice just like had us briefly connect. But uh, yeah, big fan. So I, I bounced around a little bit. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. I want to get into a conversation that's being had right now. So the New Day, as a former WWE champion, a current WWE champion, a king of the ring, a tag team championship reign that has broken records. Where do you see the New Day and the GOAT? stable tag team group conversation because this is this is unprecedented you guys are in like rarefied air right now yeah it's hard to say you know i'm not the one i'm, I'm extremely proud of everything we've done uh I, i'm not the type to say yeah we're the greatest you know of all time even though i think our resumes are you know they're, they're worth it I, I think kind of the the interesting metric is when you you know a lot of people want to compare us with the shield rightfully so there are contemporaries and when you look at everything they've accomplished since being broken up that's kind of unbeatable. Mm. So, like, are, are we talking about with a faction or a tag team success? Are we talking about everything they've done since they started as a faction to the end of their careers? Or are we talking about everything they did as a faction together? Because I think that really sways the argument here. Yeah. It's because- like it's kind of it's like a like an NBA kind of discussion where it's like, well, if LeBron was back in the day in the 90s, it's a different conversation. If Jordan was around now, it's a different conversation. It's like, we, we have to have all these qualifiers to give you that answer. Right, right, right. 
Um, but yeah, man, I think, and the thing is too, is we're not, we're not done. You know, I think, you know, Woods and I are 35 and, and if we're in the NFL, we're old men in wrestling, you know, we're young, we're, we, yeah. we still, mm-hmm. still got uh, legs underneath us. So I think we're going to continue to add to our resume. And I think too, you know, I've looked back in years past where it felt like we were kind of stale or we were just kind of floating, but now, man, we're seven plus years in and it feels like our trajectory is just up and up. So, you know, I think we're going to continue to add to our resume and continue to solidify our position. But I, I'm just always weird with making lists or declaring ourselves the greatest. Um, that's that's something that I leave up to fans. Our job is to go out there on a weekly basis and keep adding to that resume. But, uh, you know, I it's people feel the way they feel. And I think a lot of wrestling is really tied to nostalgia. Mm. So for a lot of people who are my age or older, you can never tell them that, the greatest tag team of, of all time isn't DX or Demolition or uh, Greatest Faction is, is Nation of Domination or NWO. And I get it because that's so closely tied with your wrestling fandom, especially if you watch those teams when you were younger or you watched with your, your dad or your brothers or whatever it is. And there's something like regardless of what Goldberg does or what people, you know, what interviews come out around Goldberg, he was still my guy as a kid. So like that, mm-hmm. that's not going to. Nothing's going to sway that. So I completely get it. I'm not going, I'm not here to to tell anyone that, you know, we're better than the DX or or NWO. That's for everyone else to decide. Yeah, absolutely. Now why now why is it so important for you guys to kind of stick together and kind of keep that brotherhood going on? Because in any other facet of 90% of other tag teams, probably even 99, even percent, they don't make it this far, not even close, especially in this new day and age. Why is it so important for you, you think, that you guys stick together? Uh, Because those are my guys, man. When everyone, when doors were being slammed in our faces in 2014, when people laughed at us, uh, when I was on the verge of being either sent back down to NXT or being fired, uh, Woods having an awful debut, like we could have allowed all that outside noise to pull us apart, but we came together even more. And I'm so thankful for those guys because I could always trust them that they weren't going to pitch behind my back to stab me in the back. They weren't going to ever do anything to push me down the card or, or to put themselves above. So for me, like that loyalty is unceasing. Like I'll do anything for those guys because being a part of the new day helped me become a better performer. It helped me, uh, man, I have all these incredible moments and we've had so much fun together. There was never a moment where we were butting heads backstage, where we were yelling at each other. Like we have just grown so much. I get genuinely excited when I see these dudes. And for me, uh, and Wood said something similar. And I said, man, you know what? I, I think that's just love. <laughs> and and I think that's what we cultivated. Where we have established what feels to me like a family, man. That's, that's as close as you get to, to three dudes who didn't know each other when they first started wrestling coming together and i feel like we made a family so for me i'll always feel uh indebted and appreciative of those guys so that's that's always for me i always beat the drum for kofi and woods because they've done the same for me and uh i'm extremely proud of them and uh you can't tell me anything to to have me turn on those guys or to try to put myself in a position where i feel like i'm better than them because Mm -hmm. i'm only here because of my time with them and i'm Mm -hmm them so proud of them they're both easily hall of famers um and, and just incredible people and incredible talents uh, yeah that, that's that's the family awesome uh so nothing has been announced yet but it's very possible 
that in two weeks at Survivor Series, streaming exclusively on Peacock, you and Roman Reigns could have a match. How like how important do you feel like it is to impress like versus Roman Reigns? Like he's the tribal chief, you know, he's got this record breaking title reign. That this is a match that everybody wants to see. Yeah, it like you said, it hasn't been announced, but it's it's it looks like it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. <laughs> um, and no one's told me anything, but that's my assumption. It's, it's gonna happen. Um, for me, it's the biggest match of my career. That's that's Roman is a guy. If you look at the industry, if people can can feel how they want. To me, he's the top of the heap in our industry, uh, and I think it's well deserved. This last year, he's had he's had an incredible run, in ring character wise. So uh, you know, we also have. This, this history, you know, people keep sharing that video recently. At least I've seen it a few times of me benching 575 at Cena's gym. And there's Roman spotting me. I remember when he first got to FCW in what, like 2010. Uh, I remember I knew who he was when we were both in college playing defensive tackle. He was at Georgia Tech. He was mm. the and I would kind of just keep my eye on other defensive tackles. And, you know, that, that's around like 2004. Yeah. So I've known who this man is for 17 years, you know, Um so, yeah, I, I just uh, I have a ton of respect for the run that he's on right now. Uh, I think he's absolutely killing it. It's, it's the biggest match I can have. I, you know, if I had to have if I could pick anyone who is currently wrestling right now to have a match with, it, it's him because he's, yeah. he's at the top of the heat. So uh, it, it's the biggest match of my career. And, uh, you know, I don't I'm not the type to put pressure on myself in the sense that I need to have a great match. I'm excited to go out there and have a great match. Like I'm looking forward to, to going out there. So it, it's not. It's not um, an anxious moment for me. It's not one that that I feel like I have something to live up to. I'm I'm just ready to uh, to get that opportunity and uh, and run with it. Absolutely. Um, and then speaking of, I mean, just the the great work that you've kind of done as of late. I mean, WWE champion. You have an amazing reign thus far. Um, quite eventful reign between you. You appeared on SmackDown at some point. You're appearing on Raw. You're on tour. You're doing all these other things. But one of the other things that you do is this New Day podcast, which I was actually listening to today. I'm not fully finished with it. But y'all going through the tournament of the best toys and stuff like that and having to go through Jacks and all this other (laughs) stuff like that (laughs) is hilarious. But you had this episode a couple months ago um, in response to the, you know, in the wake of the passing of Daphne. And you talk about kind of the mental health of professional wrestlers and stuff like that. Um, how do you, how do, how important do you think it is to kind of like share these things? And do you feel like, um, you're now, I guess the people in the business are speaking a little bit more openly. Do you feel like also they're being heard now a lot more than before? Um, cause mental health has been a priority and I think this is, it's not necessarily a new thing, but it's something that's been coming to prominence more as something that's affecting everybody. Um, how do you feel kind of like, you know, um, how is it important to have these discussions? Uh, it's, it's vitally important to me. I think I just had so much shame attached to this idea that I suffered with depression and I was on medication and I even had two stints in a, in a psych ward in college. Uh, so for me, I just always had, you know, kind of just had this feeling that if anyone ever really knew uh, who I was or what I'd been through, that I'd be disregarded or I'd be mocked or laughed at. But I think as I got older, uh, I realized in many ways, I feel like a very ordinary person who's just been really blessed with these great opportunities. But uh, I have just as I've gotten older, I've embraced this idea that I do have a platform and how large it is. Who really knows? But there are people who listen. And uh, I think my story, 
might not be useful for a lot of people, but maybe there's a couple people who it will be for. Um, and I, I just think too, I've had people in my life who are pretty much the reason I'm still alive, that I'm still here, uh, that I didn't take my own life. And my hope is because others have blessed me so much that hopefully I can be a blessing to others. And, uh, you know, I think just the more we can tell these stories and be open about what we suffered through, uh, especially as black men, uh, you know, the way I was raised is you don't talk about your feelings. You don't cry. You don't show any weakness. You don't show any vulnerability, especially as a, as a football player, as, as a black man. Like, it's all about showing strength because if you go out here, you know, people will find any semblance of weakness and, and attack that. And for right. me, as an older, I realized that just led to a lot of unhealthy habits. Uh, and for me, like, just being able to tell my story, the more I can tell my story, the more I feel freedom. I feel I feel more free to be myself. I feel like I'm taking a bit of that burden that I used to carry, and uh, it dissipates. So we just wanted to have a, a conversation. You know, we I've had so many fans over the last several years. We've had people come up to us and say, hey, I was flipping through my TV and saw you guys, and there was something about that that helped me in a moment where I was really struggling. You know, or we just have so many fans, I think, who, who struggle with their mental health. And uh, it was just important, I think, in that time for me to get what was on my mind off my chest and hopefully help people. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it's OK, too. If, if that conversation is not for you, that's fine. But uh, I just wanted to have a moment of honesty and openness. And uh, I hope we can continue to have these discussions and uh, salute to everyone else in our industry and just around sports and entertainment or just any other facet, we're having these conversations. And because I don't remember, you know, when I was in college, this wasn't yeah. a, a thing that was widely discussed. Uh, so I'm glad we're getting to that point where it's more common to, to talk about. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I do love about the New Day is you guys' gear. Your gear is always on point from the Mario inspired, Schoolhouse Rock inspired, most recently the Fuji's inspired gear. Um, I had an idea of, of, a, of a, a nice trio that you guys could take inspiration from. Lil John the Eastside Boys, Crunk Juice album. Classic. Okay. That's true. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just putting it out there. But uh, the question is like, what, how do you guys get the inspiration for things like the blue inspired gear, the Fuji inspired gear? Do you guys have a, a, a all, you know, is it a tent, you know, a trio conversation where you want to do it and you find out how to tackle it or like, what is the process behind that? Yeah, I mean, when we were doing stuff together and on the same show, we were always just having these conversations in the cars. We would text, an idea would pop up. And uh, so we were having these, these collective conversations and then shooting them to, and, and hats off to Jonathan Davenport, um, who's been designing our gear since 2014. He is, he's the reason that all these ideas come off and come off well. Uh, but yeah, right now, I, I think when I started doing single stuff and we were on different shows, I just like the idea of just kind of wearing different stuff and we're on the same show together. Then we'll come back together and, and have a more unified look. But uh, right now I, I just kind of, you know, when I started doing single stuff, I was kind of racking my brain for things that we hadn't done already. And I thought, why not let me focus on things that I love, you know, things that kind of just, just are interests of mine and hip hop is one. Um, so that's why we did uh, a lot of people didn't catch on to the below the heavens uh, gear. That was the, the blue gear that I kind of almost chandelier looking design that I wore when I won the title. Mm -hmm. And Below the Heavens, one of my favorite albums of all time. It's uh, Blue and Exile, just an incredible album, a lot of soul sampling. Uh, but then 
you know, the, the Fuji's one, the score gear, I think really popped with people because it's just such a memorable album. And I thought uh, Jonathan just, Davenport just really just killed it. Even the little details, like he put these little helicopters in it, like from the, uh, from the video. Uh, yeah, right. Just that did you know that they did you know that they were coming back when you did that? <laughs> no, like, like whoever. And it was kind of wild because like, I want to say it was like a day later they announced. I think a day after we wore that gear, they announced they were coming. Uh, they were going on tour and doing the whole album, uh, which was which is wild. But yeah. Oh you guys, man, that's your influence. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Phil was watching Raw and said, "We need to come back." Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um all right so i have a very random question so bear with me um being from a jamaican family when you were watching wwe back in the day which part of kofi's accent did you know was the most fraudulent <laughs> uh, so I, I gotta be honest i actually i had, i wasn't really watching when kofi okay so i was watching i loved wrestling as a kid and i stopped around pretty much when wcw got bought out by uh wwe that, that's kind of when I, I took my sabbatical. But when I when I watch back, uh, <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit up here and say anything negative about my guy, that's my brother. <laughs> but it's not, it's not the best Jamaican accent. <laughs> it's better than what I could do. I grew up in a household, you know, my dad's Jamaican, uh, born and raised, but I'm not good with accents. So I'll give him credit. He has a better accent than I, than I have, but uh it's uh, it's one that belongs in like cool runnings, you know. Just just uh, <laughs> my man was trying. He's trying his best. And look, you know, he he was he's he he here. He was best. And he also when when I we started, you know, we got together. I he would tell me all these stories that like he had to do his interviews uh, with this accent too. So you know, to be able to switch on an accent, and he didn't grow up around this accent. It's not like Apollo, who at least like he grew up hearing this accent, so it's in his head. Kofi, like, what's he watching? Movies and, and YouTube videos to, to try to come up with that. So, yeah, he, my man was trying though. He he did his best. Um, you, you mentioned Apollo. Ahead. You mentioned Apollo, and and I think one of your you know other than your WWE title win, obviously, I think one big moment from your singles run is that you and Apollo had this really like knockdown drag out feud uh, toward the beginning of your singles run, and it was kind of like to me a moment where both of you were like, "Let me show everyone that you know." I, I, I can do this. Like Apollo with a new character, you in a, in a newly minted singles run. What did that mean to have that, that feud with him at the time where you guys were both kind of just breaking out and then Apollo again, breaking out with a new character as well. Yeah, no, it was, it was uh great. My, my, I tell him like the one, my one hesitation or the, the one thing that I didn't love about that feud was the fact that we were wrestling pretty much every, almost every week for what yeah. felt like months. We were just tied at the hip. Yeah, I, did, I told him, man. Thankfully, at least it was you, because I think he's he's incredibly talented. We would put matches together, even when we have like two seg matches, and we'd have to leave so much on the cutting room floor because that dude is so good and can do so many things. And to me, he reminds me of Cesaro in the sense that oh, he can do like high flying stuff, he can do power stuff. He's just that like that hybrid style. I think is really dope because he can just kind of do it all, man. Um, and he's a guy who I just thought, you know, even before that, before that run, like he just had so much in him. He just needed that opportunity and that opening. But, uh, yeah, that, that was nice because for me, I loved what I had accomplished with the new day, but in the same sense too, I think last year I was getting to that point where I was, I was kind of bored because I felt like, all right, we can keep doing this and we keep winning tag titles and we'll have fun together. Cause it's y'all. 
mm-hmm. but I, I wanted a new challenge, and I think I was ready just to just to do something different. So the Apollo stuff came along at a, at a nice time. I want to say at least my first the first uh, program I remember was one with Seamus. We did that false count anywhere, and then we went into the stuff with Apollo uh, soon after. But uh, yeah, I, I really uh, you know I, I think Apollo is extremely talented in the ring. And uh, I, I was happy for him to, to finally get that opportunity to show he can do something a little bit different. Uh, but yeah, which uh, even even then with all the matches we had, I still felt like we we didn't even have like a moment where we could have had like a 25, 30 minute banger. We didn't really have that either. So right. yeah, I'm, I'm hoping he's getting more opportunities on Raw. Absolutely. Hopefully, just stay away from me for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I just need some time away from Apollo after what felt a consistent six month feud. <laughs> oh my god well well one more question one more question so tickets for wrestlemania go on sale this friday you're doing you guys are doing that wrestlemania party thing this week you go on wrestlemania in dallas wrestlemania 38 who do you want to run against wrestlemania 38 who do you want to go against oh man there's so many good options uh you know what the edge one is one that's kind of a little, a little off the wall. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a baby face as well. He can flip, though. He can easily flip. Right. That's true. That is <laughs> good. I'm not saying – I only hesitate because, you know, WrestleMania, I'd love to have a classic. And I'm not sure we could have a classic. But I will say I think the most full circle moment possible – is one that I've, you know, I've touted for, for many, many years. It's the Goldberg match. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty ridiculous. And and people will feel how they want to feel, and I get that. But imagine being a kid. I don't remember how old I was. I was probably, I was somewhere between 10 and 13. And meeting your childhood hero. Like, he was the guy. When I think of, like, the, the hero of my childhood, the guy I looked up to, who I loved more than, it was Goldberg. And I got to meet him mm-hmm. in his life. He was awesome. I was wearing suits with my dad because we we're on our way to church to the evening service. Because you know, when I grew up, we stayed in church and Sunday <laughs> morning, another two and a half hours at night. Wednesday service, Friday service, we'd have revivals too. So I stayed in church. Uh, <laughs> but I met this man, and he was kind. He was polite. He had a smile on his face. That thirty second, that thirty second or so interaction was incredible. One I'd never forget. And I still have the 8x10 that he signed for me in my closet, uh, you know, almost 25 years later. So for me, it's just wildly full circle um, to have possibly have this moment with the guy who was my favorite as a kid. Um, and that would be pretty dope. So but let's go with Goldberg. Yeah, those those fan interactions mean a lot, you know. When you come across, especially now when you think about it and stuff like that, like you think about 25 years later, how much this moment, this even 30 second moment meant to you. Um, imagine like, you know, just you meeting anyone of any of your fans and how much they mean to them. You could be at WrestleMania. I don't know. <laughs> 50. Uh, 50. There we go. We're going to 50. I want to say like 68 or something. Um, <laughs> you're still wrestling then. I'm, I'm more props to you, my man. Um, <laughs> I got Two torn ACLs, uh, <laughs> broke my right patella. I don't need to be here. <laughs> oh my God! Well, well, thank you, E, for coming through and doing the A show. Of course, um, we're a big supporter, a big proponent. Your episode we covered um 
I mean, we cover the weekly shows. So the episode where you won the WWE Championship still reigns as one of our most listened to episodes just because of our reaction to it. Because I think, you know, just speaking to the black wrestling fan base out there and kind of seeing these things happen, something that was a dream that we could only, something that ended up being just conversations, ended up being debates and stuff like that. Like who, you know, when are we going to get a black world champion? Da, 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 da. And now it's become so much to fruition and you're part of, you're a big part of this movement, man. So we want to thank you for everything that you've done. I know you're terrible with compliments because I've seen it in every interview. <laughs> you're terrible. Um, but just take it, please. Just take the compliment. <laughs> you know what I will say, man? We did have this really dope moment. So we, the last show in the UK was in London. And the main event in a street fight was me against Bobby. Uh, our referee was Derek Moore, a black man. And the ring announcer was Byron Saxon, a black man. And I didn't realize this, but, you know, Saxon sent me something. But to be in this moment where, like, and there was no article written about it. It was I like the fact that we're getting to this moment where there's black wrestlers. It's very common to see, you know, Sasha, Bianca. Of course, they should be the main event of, of night one, you know, of wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that we're getting, and even beyond our company, I love being able to look around our industry and st- see so many black wrestlers killing it, doing unique stuff, being their own person. Um, so that's really dope. So it, it's really dope to get this position in, in wrestling where it's just it's getting kind of kind of common to see black wrestlers doing dope things. Absolutely. Um, thank you once again, E, and we'll be back with more on the A Show. We're back on the A Show. Shout out to Big E, man. I didn't expect the Mariah the Scientist thing. I I, I thought it was just me. I love. <laughs> you thought it was just you, not yeah. like Young Thug or anything. <laughs> yeah, it's just me. I thought it was just is it is it your is it your Thugger thing? Is now that is now are you guys like telepathically linked now? Now that he's linked to Mariah the Scientist, you like I Mariah the Scientist, he likes Mariah the Scientist. I feel like since I found out that Thug was dating her, I was like, damn, I I do got good taste. I got some good. This taste, makes man. this makes perfect sense. Oh my yeah. god, yes. Well, yeah. listen, everybody, listen to Aura by Mariah the Scientist. One of the best songs of the year, easily. Absolutely. Um, but and and shout out to you for listening to this. This is a little bit of a shock drop. I actually wanted to preface the Patreon users beforehand, and then I just forgot. So now we're just dropping out of the blue. We got Big E, WWE champion, on the show. Um, and yeah, once again, it's a great interview. Make sure you guys share it if you like it. If you support us, hit that retweet, hit that share button, let your friends know where they can listen to listen a black wwe champion mm-hmm. come on man come on man black where they do that at black <laughs> black champion you know uh, but just, with that said go ahead before we get into the heavy stuff just just want to say uh shout out to you mills for oh uh putting up with just how crazy my life's been for the past month and a half <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's been pretty crazy. Listen, I wish my life was as crazy as yours. I wish I had a... It has been insane. It's been insane. I don't know if you guys know, but uh, last weekend, uh, Riot Games, where where I'm currently hanging my hat, we released this... You really like that place if you're willing to say it on the show. (laughs) You know what? And it's crazy. And I say that because I want everyone to... It's so ironic you say that because that was going to be my message here is that like... When you wake up and you do something and it doesn't feel like work, that's when you know you found, you know, your, you know, your where you're supposed to be at, you know. And we launched a really dope show called Arcane. First act is out now. Episodes one through three on Netflix. It's a show that 
I knew about for a while. I knew when I first got there, they specifically told me about it. And, you know, it was, it was, it was a labor of love for this company for over six years. And for me to mm-hmm. be able to, to touch it and, um, and add my own ideas and flavor to it in any way, shape or form. And just to be involved in the, in the launch of that, it's the biggest thing I've ever done in my career. And, um, you know, if you guys get a chance to watch it, please watch it. It's incredible. Um, uh, shout out to anyone that that's hit me up and said they watched it, but you know, that was part of the reason why two weeks ago, uh, Armand was on the show, you know, at the last minute, you know, and, and Mills, you've just been just a, a fantastic, you know, not only just my brother, but a fantastic co-host and, and host with me just to kind of cover up where I, where I might, you know, uh, where I might falter or fall and I can't be here. So I just want to thank Mills at the outset and also thank Mills cause he killed the interview. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he did his thing. So. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you saying all this. Definitely in preface to the fact that show, once again, work is taking you off the, show, the end of the show this week. But um, thank you, man. I, I really do appreciate it. Like this has been this. This doesn't feel like work at all. Like yeah. the fact that we've been doing this 212 weeks doesn't feel like work at all. But let's I don't know. I don't want to do all the mushy stuff anymore on the show <laughs> because of course, the police sirens. See, they're like even like yo, they know it. That is up. a theme. That's a theme of our show is that police sirens hit when they want us to to keep it moving. <laughs> Let's keep it moving then. Yes, sir. Um. <laughs> well, gotta, right, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. We got a pretty heavy topic to, to talk about, and this always seems to happen right after we record the show, right? Um, I think, you know what? I don't think we can blame the, well, actually, I don't know. This might've been, this was Thursday. So we had the show already in the tank. We had everything. Um, I feel more bad for the war report guys because there are specifically moments in the show where they're like booking, um, (laughs) they're like booking Frankie Monet into like a spot and stuff. And I listened to it after the releases. Ooh, that age poorly oh my god very poorly very 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 (laughs) poorly of course we had and this was something that people heard about we and then on thursday they had we you know announced they had released people in the office and we thought it was over and then later that night we get a you know another another bleeding out of the roster and so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the releases we're going to talk about why some of them we think some of them happened try and get to the bottom of it um you know can we do like a little like a little postmortem type of thing? Like yeah, a coming to terms. We can and with it. Know, we, we originally wanted to do an emergency pod for this. I felt like it was a good idea to just let it breathe for a minute because I think that emotions were kind of raw and open uh when it first happened. And I think sometimes we, you know, I don't, you know, I, I like to save emergency pods for like big, you know, super big instances. You know what I mean? And I felt like this was something that was just it, I don't think it would have fit for an emergency pod. Um so with the the benefit of um the benefit of 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 having some time ahead of us, we get to think about what really happened and what's gonna happen next. So I'm gonna announce all the releases. Then we're gonna talk about them. Yeah, let's go one by one and then let's talk about each one and then kind of like how we feel, where how grand how big this was, and you know. Yeah. Just like, yeah, more so how we feel about it. Yeah. Uh first up. I don't even know if it was this in, I think this was in order. This list I'm looking at was literally in order. Um, first up was Frankie Monet, who is in NXT 2.0. Currently, she just literally signed to WWE last February. 
uh, was one of the last classes before COVID hit. And um, she was, of course, she's, of course, the wife of uh, of John Morrison, who was on Raw. And uh, we, we know her formerly as Taya, uh, Taya Valkyrie. Me and uh, Cyrus have talked about her in the war report. This one was... Spot callers. Spot callers. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm wrong. There the you go. Report. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Other on. dreaded nigga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, Frankie, to me, was someone they did put a lot behind. I will say last year they did put a lot behind her. Or, or this year mm-hmm. they put a lot behind her. And um, I, I I do feel as though a couple of things did hinder her. One of them being the 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 um basically just the culture change around NXT and it becoming 2.0. She got lost in the shuffle pretty quickly there. And you know it had been rumored for a while. I saw some scuttlebutt. I saw. I remember when she got signed. A lot of people saying that WWE was was very apprehensive of signing her for a, a multitude of reasons. And this was this was to be sort of like a tryout type thing and um i don't think she ever got a chance to get all out of the out of the out of no. the first gear honestly nah i would say and and you know what sucks about the age thing is that there are multiple women in wwe now that are currently like i mean it, this isn't like it was before where i think you need to hire like young supermodels who can't wrestle but we, we'll teach them because they're hot um you can just even just in, I think everyone is moving a little bit older, a little bit stuff. Like for instance, the challenge, the challenge is now casting people in their thirties. Like before you would be on the real world. You had to be between like 18 and 24 or else they wouldn't cast you. But now mm-hmm. they're casting older people because it's just like, they're much more fully formed in characters. And I think Frankie Monet was incredible. I thought she did Carmela better than Carmela yeah. um, in some instances. And I thought that she would, have a veteran's sensibility to bring to that locker room and to be able to also put people over. Um, I think it sucks when she got released because I'm pretty sure um, Morrison was overseas at the time. Um, So it's, it's, it's a tough beat. Um, I think, I think she could have fit well in this new NXT only because she wasn't really part of like the, if you want to separate it between 1.0 and 2.0, she came right, right, right at the end and yeah. really debuted like recently. Yeah. So I always felt like she could fit in the 2.0 mold somewhere, but man, that was tough, man. I wish, you know, I wish her the best. I really do. I fell in love with her more. I didn't really watch a lot of her back then, but I fell in love with her more now because of her commitment to the character. I um incredibly into the character. I, I there's a theme here with some of the women that got released from NXT. I, I think you know mm. what theme I'm talking about. Yeah, but why don't you tell us anyway? <laughs> a lot of these women's last matches were were with Raquel Gonzalez. <laughs> oh. keep it on it. <laughs> My guy. All right, all right. Get you out of here. Um, I'm just saying, and those matches did did not make. A lot of them look good. I think they made them look really bad, and I and I think that like, I I do think that has something to do with it. That's interesting. Just my, I mean, that's my thought that, on it. that that is certainly a take. Um, I I think they all had their worst. Well, well, Frankie had a lot of squashes. Other than that time she lost to uh, Cora Jade, which I thought was that mm-hmm. was a loss that I felt like made sense for the story for her for Cora Jade's story. Yeah, they just, they just went away from I think a week ago, but. Um, 
the Raquel Gonzalez match, we we that the one that what was it? Havoc? No, it wasn't Havoc. It was Havoc. No, it wasn't Havoc. It was um it was some it big was show. Co- they had. Yeah, it was like two weeks after it was supposed to happen because it got knocked off of yeah. some card. Um but yeah, that's a I don't know, man. Tough beat. Frankie yeah. Monet. Um next one was Ember Moon, who had redebuted last year again at NXT, right before the, the rebrand. I, I just never really felt like and and I don't wanna I don't wanna blame either side because I think that there's definitely opportunities that Ember could have had to to have a better character. There's also times where booking could have not put her in positions where she just couldn't succeed. Um, I just don't think she was a fit. And, and yeah. it, became, it became apparent even after, even before the knee injury, it was apparent that she just, she just wasn't a fit there. It felt like she wasn't part of the collective in a sense. Like you have this collective, you have this era of women wrestlers and stuff like that. And she never really fit in the collective when she debuted on NXT. I mean, she debuted Oscar's right out. She gets in, but then she gets knocked off pretty quickly. She gets called up. Then pretty much she spends a couple of months just trying to build herself. Then she gets injured. She comes back. She get injured again. Then she goes back down to NXT. And I think really the probably the decision that she should have made that might have prolonged her thing was she should have returned as a heel. Yeah. Like she should have returned. If she was going to commit to this new character, she should have returned as someone completely new that we haven't seen before. I think just the fact that she returned kind of as her saying, you know, relatively the same person, it made people kind of feel like maybe she didn't necessarily progress like she was supposed to. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a major, I, I mean, I was singing that when she redebuted, I was like, she needs to be a heel. She needs to be a heel. And then for some reason they turned Tony Storm heel. Um, but yeah, it's a, she never really even fit in the kind of the new NXT thing. I think she was just excited to wrestle and, I'm sure WWE is like, all right, be excited to wrestle other places because you ain't gonna wrestle here. Yeah, it, it um, it just didn't. It didn't work. Her finisher was over. I just don't think she was, you know. And yeah, even on even on main roster, I thought the match with like Bailey didn't even really do much for she's me. Still, yeah, she still needs to. She's not a finished product. I think even if she goes to AEW, it's going to be a similar response. And I think she should go to AEW because I think that's where her tribe kind of is, but I, I think it's going to be generally the same response that gets her. There's something intrinsically within her that needs to change yeah. and um, not necessarily change, but evolve, like get to the next level, get to the yeah. next, it's just it, it, upgrade. It's going to be the same character in, in AEW. I, yeah. I, and I think that the, 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 my fear is that she did make up these characters and that is her. That's my fear because yeah. if that's the case, then I don't know where it'll work at other than the Indies, you know? Like just wrestling isn't enough, and, and a couple of these people I'm going to say this for, just being a wrestler isn't enough. Yeah, for them, yeah. she go to Impact too. I mean, she got some friends in Impact for sure. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I but you you know I also feel like uh, also feel like like Ember didn't really endear herself to like the Horsewomen and Oscar and all those people either. I, I I really don't feel like she was like liked by them either. Mm. That's my thing. <laughs> Oh, let me stop laughing. Um, who, who do we got next? We got Scarlett, uh, Scarlett Bordeaux, Karrion Cross's fiance and uh, his Ooh. valet, 
I think the writing for this one, we don't got to spend much time on it because we got to get never to had him. a chance. <laughs> yeah, we, we're going to get to him later. But um, she, she it, it was it, we, the writing was on the wall when she stopped being on TV. And that's pretty much all I got to say that I, I just I don't think they just want her. I don't think they want her to wrestle. Let's be clear. I don't think they want her yeah. to wrestle. And I agree. That's why she's gone. Um, I agree. Next up, Oni Lorcan. I think if there's anyone on this list that's like wrestling just ain't enough, that's this guy. Um, he'd been around for what six years. He literally just remember he like he remember we talked about on the show. He he politicked publicly to get a new contract and got it. <laughs> he no, he had a good run. He said he was incredibly grateful for his time in WWE. I think he had. Um, while it probably could have been better, obviously there are things could be better. I think he had a solid run when you compare it to, I guess, a lot of the other contemporaries on his lit on this mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. Um, he's someone who I always he's- felt like took advantage of the opportunity when the opportunity presented itself, right? And but just wasn't given the true moment to kind of stand out on his own or any particular gimmick or something. But, but that's the thing, like. He's the example to me of not everyone needs to win the top belt. I never saw this guy winning the top belt, but mm-hmm. he stayed booked and busy on yeah. two, on two hundred five on NXT. He would do he would do dark matches. He would be a jobber on Raw or SmackDown. He was a guy that could give you those matches, and I think that he to, to me Oni Lorcan is like that guy where it's like I I never saw him as like the top the you know the top of the top. But he was someone that could fill in a role. And I think that he really did his thing on NXT. Like, I I, I tip my hat to him. Like, if it was over like that, then, you know, I am I, I don't want to keep him at a place where he's, you know, he's not going to fit. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, they're, yeah. they're obviously going for more character. And that's just not really, it's not really who he is. Right. Um. Next up. Ho, ho, ho. This one's interesting. Karrion Cross. <laughs> Boy. That promo did him in. Huh? <laughs> it was never the. It was never ever ever the same after that Adam Cole promo. It was never. That was the roughest month of anyone's WWE career. His and shoe then, promo. I'm interested to hear what he says after this because he has got to talk about that promo because it was never the same. <laughs> yeah, it really wasn't, and I, I do feel like they tried him on the main roster, and I feel like they did try and like like. There were rumors of him having being hard to work with. And I think mm. he got the hard to work with package when he got to the main roster to to kind of break him down. And right. I think that, you know, he didn't endear himself to fans. He didn't endear himself to the larger internet community. He clearly had views and thoughts that were directly left uh and I don't mean politically, but I mean left direction wise of what modern fans like. And I don't, and I think that did bury him. And I think that him being in a locker room like that, you look at it like having having a, a Lars Sullivan in the back, you know. Oof. You, you, not not as extreme, <laughs> but but not as extreme. But people probably knew what this guy was about when he before he got there. Right, right. And you know, it was just tough for him. I I think there were so many things going against him that I don't think that we foresaw. I remember people were excited for him to debut in NXT. I remember that. I really do. And then Well yeah. I would I, I would say his beyond the grand entrance of it all, I think his introduction was very unique. Yeah. Um and showed a little bit of promise. Now, I always felt like in the ring he needed to bring more. And the fact that he was hot shotted to win the NXT championship, um, and then he, he lost favorite. it and then he's 
Yeah, yeah. And but but then he came back and it seemed like they were easing him into the feuds before they put him the championship back on him. But yeah, man. Never have seen a promo cost that man millions of dollars. <laughs> and and I, and I think that for for as much as people shit on NXT, like to me, um, every NXT champion had their place in time. And I remember people really hating the Robert Roode decision. And then we found we found out that we, you know you kind of needed a heel in that mm-hmm. role and not a fan favorite. You know, looking back on Robert Roode's time as NXT champion, I get it. This to me, the biggest fumble that this title has ever had, to me, and. Just from reaction to like they were literally chanting for this motherfucker to go away. So I do think it's funny that when they finally did let him go, there was just such an outpouring of people saying that this was a this was a mistake. I'm like, no, this wasn't a mistake. This guy was he came out to crickets. No like meals. No one who comes from NXT doesn't get a pop. This guy was the first one that never did. Listen, man. I'm sure he'll be great somewhere else. Him, <laughs> I'm sure he'll be. Well, I don't know if he'll be great. Oh, he might be great. He might be great somewhere else, but just not in the E. I think they try to make it work. I think there's there's a certain limit to like some very intense, angry guy that you can kind of get before you have to become a fully formed person. Yeah, and you may not have you know wanted to be that. So, you know, yeah. See you carrying cross. Uh, next up. This one was was the shocker to me. Well, there's two shockers, and this was one of them. Um, B Fab from Hit Row was also let go. The rest of Hit Row did stay. Um, a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration, a lot of sadness around it. She literally just got called up, but according to the Observer, she was actually listed as the uh, NXT name because she was her release was was on the NXT email. So apparently, they didn't actually cross her over yet. So they still consider her NXT talent. But oh, that's um, tough. I wonder if they realized that they were firing a SmackDown talent in the middle of this. I would I hope they would. I doubt it. I mean, I, I think that they, they wanted it. They, I, I think it takes a while for them to actually turn over their contracts to main roster ones. I don't like I don't know if Hit Row got a main roster contract yet, but I'm pretty sure that that's something that's like in the works for them right now. Right. Like I remember um, the revival or someone was saying like they hadn't even moved over their contract yet before they or was it Riddle. One of them said something like that where like, they had to actually resign another contract to be on the main roster. So that's probably what's happening with them right now. It's, a, I mean, it's, that's tough because it, it generally takes the sale, a little bit of the sales out of Hit Row. Now, do I think Hit Row will be fine? Yeah. Kind, maybe. Actually, maybe. I don't uh, want to say fine. What, what did, because what did B5 add in the ring? But here's the thing it was never an in the ring thing that was her appeal anyway. It was kind of like her. Because she rarely wrestled, you know what I'm saying. Well, but the well, group still worked, and the and just the look of it still worked. So it really, wasn't the in the ring thing that worked for her. She was a part of the was, crew, and she go ahead. She was gonna have to be in the ring, though. Yeah, I I I absolutely believe that. But that's hit roll worked worked to the point where they were on NXT and they got called up in the incarnation that they are are in now so they got past that kind of threshold of like okay you're ready for the main roster um bfab didn't wrestle a lot and i understand and the one time that she did wrestle it wasn't that great of a match to be honest with you and vince was there um but i think just her appeal and what she brought to the group i think definitely made it stand out um I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, Hit Row is like, damn, their thing, because they're all still very talented people. But I think without 
that like different appeal without that X factor. And I'm not saying that BFAB is like the biggest X factor, but she's certainly something that um, has them different than the other triumvirate groups, the bloodline, the, 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 the new day, the, all this other stuff like that are just men groups. She certainly distinguishes them. Um, so I don't know where hit row, how, how um, not necessarily like how hit row recovers from this, but like, I don't know what they, what's going to happen now. They're going to give them another female that can wrestle. I don't think they would. I, think I don't think they would even accept it. <laughs> I think they would. Or, but the thing, the thing about Hit Row is that, like, I feel like they want, they want AJ Francis and they want Swerve. Anything else doesn't matter. Yeah, but I mean, I could see Hit Row end up just breaking up. To be honest with you, sooner than later. Not because of Bfab. <laughs> I think, but I think it's just when you don't have that different thing, um, you blend in. But it, it hasn't with been the rest. It hasn't been a month. I, no, it's, it's true. It's true. But it you hasn't know, been a month. they they are literally looking like they're just now getting into their first program, which is faster right. than I can say for most other people. But they're in a, they're getting their first program. We'll see what happens after that. But I do think that they saw what BFAB can do in ring. It looks like they don't want no managers, so that's pro- that's out for her. And. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they really just wanted Swerve and AJ Francis, and I and I think that they they looked at it like that. Like I do agree that like Bfab, like she added that not only that female touch, but again the the different look. Her look itself was different, but I think when it comes down to it, it's like if they was like, okay, we need her to face Sasha and 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 get her in there, and and you know I, I want they want her to to you know get in there and mix up with someone. I I just think that they looked at it like, what could we do with her if we can't if she can't even do something on NXT and she's been there for, for, for years. Like, if she's not ready, I felt like, right. she, I felt like they let her go. Cause she wasn't ready. Right. Could be, could be. Um, next up, Jesse Camilla, NXT 2.0. Ooh. She had been there since, uh, like Trump first started since like, she'd been there for a long time. You could have fooled me. I had no idea who she was before she started teaming up with Aaliyah. <laughs> She was, was like, there. oh, okay. She, she did TV very, very rarely, but she was. Was she, she was she one of Tyler Breeze's girls when she was still there? She she was still there. I, don't she, I don't think she was there that long, but she was there for quite some time. Um, she had gone through so many gimmick changes. I think it was another situation of like, if you are not ready to get moved up, if you were not called up, and if you were not like a staple on, on NXT TV, you had to go. And, and I think that's what it was. If Frankie was going to go, then she should go because there, that I means definitely wasn't ready to hold up a whole stable by herself. Mm. Uh, Zeta Ramier was also on NXT. Uh, she did some two or five live shots. She, she was, she was featured sparingly, I think on TV. Um, yeah. Very athletic, very, very uh, high flying. Yeah. Super talented. I think they looked at it. I think a lot of these two are like redundancy where it's like, we have a lot of women that can do this right now. We have a lot of women, period. Also, I think just in general, like, she's got still the better part of her career in front of her. Yeah. Like she, she's still fairly new. Like I remember for instance, um, um, the wrestler Sue young, who's now an impact. Um, I've known her for a long time, but I remember at the beginning of her career, she was signed to WWE developmental deal and she was in Memphis and she was in, I don't think she was in OVW. She was in deep South, um, or something. Long, no, no, she was in FCW. Oh my God. Um, so fucking long ago. 
she was an FCW and then she got released. But like when you look at kind of her now, I mean that that was in like maybe the first three years of her career. She's now one, two, like close to like fifteen years in, and she's on Impact. She's a fixture on you know things. She's she's found a little bit of a character that works for her. Um, I think the thing with, with Zadia Ramier is she got the best years in front of her. She she gonna continue working so. Um, as long as she continues to take up all those opportunities and do the damn thing, she's going to be perfectly fine. In my opinion, she's talented as hell. Yeah, she is. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. Um, next up, Trey Baxter, uh, was Oof. featured. I mean, his girlfriend, Cora Jade's still there. So swim good. Did they call him? They called him like some very, no, that wasn't his, his was WWE, he the one? His WWE name was Trey Baxter. Was did is the is he the guy who they call some variation of Buddy Murphy? <laughs> yeah, they called him like light skin Buddy Murphy or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Some shit like that. Oh my god. And his girl was still there. <laughs> I think that I think they see a lot in Cora Jade. I'm not gonna lie. Like they 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 fuck with her a lot on NXT. And that's I, so I, not all right. So not that that's so weird, because by all means, Cora Jade, please cook. But all right, you know what? Let me shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> please cut Cora Jade. However, I was just like, wow, is she such a like divas era type thing? It reminds me a little bit of Ashley Massaro, a little bit of AJ Lee. She's definitely more her... talented than a diva than the diva. Oh era. yeah, she's more talented than diva, but like the the gimmick is like, I'm cool, I'm 18. I was like, don't you have like homework or something? Um, but oh, you hear this? <laughs> <laughs> She's like Pepperan or like something on ABC Disney. Um, but yeah, Trey Baxter, didn't know you were really that long, my friend. <laughs> um Bury him, why don't you? I just did I just didn't. I just I, I I wish the best for him. I don't know what I wish a better name than Trey Baxter. That's what I do. Yeah, Baxter is just never a cool name. <laughs> no. Uh, next up, Katrina Cortez. Uh, if you don't remember her, she was a she was a luchador Ooh. who uh, did some shots on NXT a couple times, lost some matches. She, she, no, she was also on WWE for a quick, a quick yeah, hot was, uh, second. She was in she was Sin Cara's or Sin Cara. Yeah, she was with Sin Cara but back when Sin Cara was there. She was like, I think Sin Cara was having a feud with somebody that a female, and like he brought her was in. It, for Andrade? it was Andrade. Yeah, there we go. Yes, it was Andrade, and she got him for backup for um with Zelina. She was also very, very young. Um mm-hmm. she's still like twenty two or twenty three or something. Mm-hmm. And she took pride. I remember reading her release thing and she took pride being the first ever masked female on the WWE roster in WWE history. And I was like, Well, I don't know about WWE history, but on the WWE roster. And I was just like, you know what? You go. You go the but she has, I think, um wasn't there a little bit of like controversy? It was like, damn, she got to like sell all her stuff now. Did she say that? I think so. Like there was something regarding like she moved out here, something with like visa things. And now like, um, you know, what? let me look it up before I say anything. Yeah. I remember, I know people were like, damn, they let her go and she had her visa. But I was just like, there's no way that, that, that like they would have known, you know, 
that she right. was going to get released two years ago or a year ago. You know, like there, there's no way she, she says. She says, um, at 18, I made the decision to travel to a no country without knowing English. I came here. Today, I receive an email telling me that my visa expires next month, and I will have to sell everything th- you know, that I guess I own with much love and effort I have achieved. So her visa is expiring, and she's going to have to sell all the stuff I, that she has and go back to her country. Yeah. Oof. Um. The best of I, 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 yeah, I hope, I hope she can figure something out. Like, really, um, damn. Let's go to the next one. <laughs> uh, Jeet Rama. That was gonna be quick. Don't remember you, bud. No, I don't. Let me Google. Let me Google it right now. Jeet Rama. I feel like Channing knows who he is. Uh, yeah, he loves all the Mick Carters. <laughs> um, Jeet Rama. No, never seen him. <laughs> All right, moving He's on. 40. He's 40 years old. Good yeah, Lord. He, he out. Uh, Grand Metalik and Lindsay Dorado. I think these two were granite releases, though. Well, Grand Metalik said, yo, if you aren't going to use me, let me get the hell out of here. And they're like, say less, my guy. So I'm all Grand Metalik hive. I'm such a big fan of him now because of the um, Cruiserweight Classic Tournament. Anywhere where he goes that also has English commentary, I will be watching. <laughs> um, Lindsay Dorado has been busy since his release. <laughs> he went straight to work. Did he have like a zero day non-compete? <laughs> no, I think he was in like some martial arts tournament or something oh, along those lines. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that he also invited Izzy's dad to, to catch the hands on Twitter. And he did this the entire weekend. Were you abreast of this? Yeah, I was. I, I think that Izzy's parents... Uh, her dad rather should get the, the shit beat out of him just in general for being a piece of shit. So absolutely. He said, um, is he, is he's dad says, good luck in your future endeavors as he thinks. So he was like, yo, I invite you to the hands. Here's where I'll be. I'm paying for your parking. I'm paying for you to have a ticket to watch me whoop ass. Um, and then after the fact, after I win this medal, we which he did, yeah, we can fight. <laughs> we can absolutely fight. <laughs> And he uh, didn't show up, and he tried to apologize, and but he still wanted the hand. So you know what, Lindsay Dorado, if you're gonna go out, what a way to go! Yeah. Um, shout out to them; they're good. They're talented. They'll 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 be back on their feet. Triple A or something will pick them up. Next one, I I I, I surmise in the next few we'll be we'll be talking about for quite a while. Um, mm-hmm. Keith Lee and uh, Mia Yim were let go as well. Um, Keith Lee was in the middle of a, uh, was in the middle of a rebranding on raw. Mia Yim had yet to actually debut on the main roster under her actual Mia Yim moniker. Uh, but those, these two were let go. And, uh, I think this is the one that really got people kind of upset. I feel so bad for Mia Yim because, it feels like I feel like she's worked so hard for very, very long and not to say that, like, I mean, she doesn't have a career that she's proud of. I mean, she's incredible female wrestler. Who's just, who's been on, she's been everywhere, pretty much damn near everywhere. Um, you can name it, but she's worked so hard. I remember, I think 
probably the most moment that I remember is when Charlotte came back to NXT and then Charlotte decided to wrestle Mia Yim because she had faced her like six years in Mia Yim's first match. And they kind of had that whole story of like the growth leading toward that. I thought that was amazing. I thought that was beautiful. Um, sorry, you were reckoning. I feel like one day Vanessa Bourne was supposed to show up and she ducked out and they were like, you, <laughs> you're reckoning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then she just was kind of stuck with that for a while, and she never got to the main roster. So I felt she had great moments on TV, but like she never had that like I'm wrestling live programs, live WWE thing, which is like so very close to your actual goal, and then never being able to reach it in any sort of capacity. Like yeah. that is sad to me. Yeah. Um, um, her fiance Keith Lee. Also let go. Uh, Keith had Oof. been having health problems all year. Uh, he said in a statement this morning about his release, uh, he paid for all of his hospital bills. I don't know who was saying that he didn't. That was weird. But um, I mean, I'm sure people did. I'm sure people say it. People say fucked up shit on all, all the time online. But I mean, even if WWE did pay for it, then like, so what? Um, Keith is an interesting case. I think that after the COVID thing, he kind of struggled to get back to. I think the thing with Keith is that people had, people had such high hopes and 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 okay, waiting patiently for these things to happen, this to happen, this to happen. He misses damn near the whole year with with health problems. He gets back. He's not really in the shape. He's just now kind of starting to get out of the breaks. He's getting a character, which I thought was was promising. And then it's gone. And, you know, you try and make sense of it. You try and you try and figure out what it is. You know, we don't know what it is like, you know, I and, and I see a lot of people say, you know, well, this is their biggest missed opportunity, you know, and, and I felt like that with, with Alistair. And I, and I, th- I think he's killing an AEW with whatever he does. He needs to get away from Cody. But like, I, f- I feel the same way with, with, with Keith. I feel like this is an opportunity that, that you know, there's another guy that can make the money that they they definitely let go. And um, but I think on the other end, it's like he just never really, he never broke out the gates. Even even though they pushed the shit out of him, like it's one of those ones that's weird because they pushed the hell out of Keith Lee. He has his own right. documentary, but then yeah, yeah. so it's like you try and make sense of it, and you know you, you know you can't really make sense of it, you know. But um, I I feel like. I feel like the return for Keith Lee is much bigger than whatever he was probably. I mean, there's definitely health issues and all this other stuff like that. But if you can get that fixed, I think the return is much, much larger than anything. I think Keith Lee is a a, a main event star. He is as big as you like him to be. He has the timing where you want him to be. He can wrestle where you want him to be. He has the respect of everybody, all his peers in the background. He got the respect of Roman Reigns a couple years ago in that amazing Survivor Series moment. Got the respect from Brock at that amazing Royal Rumble moment. Um, I think the return is much, much bigger. So I'm flabbergasted with this release because at the other hand, like part of me is like, okay, the company is just going to do whatever they want to do anyway. But I'm like, yo, you guys... Like there's very rarely I say you guys like are missing out because WWE will continue rolling and they will continue to break profits and all this other stuff like that. But I think Keith was like, if he lands somewhere else, 
I don't even know. I don't know. Cause there's still a little part of it. Like even two weeks ago, I'm like, he's still missing a little bit of something. Yeah. But I think, but I think you can figure that out. And I think you could have figured that out over time in WWE. But here's my thing. I don't think any other company can figure that out. You know, if WWE, no, no, no other company. Yeah. Yeah. I, if WWE can't figure it out, but I think they could have look at who they could have, but, but like, if, if like look at everyone who's left there and they're like, everyone's like, they're going to be a big star. And then, and then like who became like a bigger star after they left, right? Like maybe Omega, but he wasn't even really on the main roster. Cody, the bigger star. And then it's like, what? You know, there, there's just so much stuff that, that there's so many people that I feel like people are like that, that could have been the next guy that could have been the next guy. And it's like, not everyone could be the next guy. You know what I'm saying? Like we, I think we really just really love Keith Lee. You know, I think we really just love him yeah. as a character. Do I, did I see and him as person. like, yeah. As, and as a person, like, did I see him as like guy that would be next rock next? And I was like, and I say no, because he just, he, he was missing that to me. And, and I felt like, I feel like stuff like the, the big guy doing moonsaults and stuff like that. I feel like that was going to run his course. And, and I think that they did change him from that. And I think he became a better wrestler for it. But I, I, in, in terms of like where I could see him going, like he's a missed opportunity for them. Hell yeah. But do I see if he went to AEW, him being like top of the, do I, do I think they're going to do right by him? No. Do I think impact could? Yeah, they could. Because it's a smaller pool. He'd the, he's the biggest, he'd be the biggest star there. You know, Japan, he'd be the biggest, he'd be the biggest guys in there, you know, because of what he's done, what he's been through. But but in, I don't I just don't think I think he'd have to go he would have to break through so much bullshit on another company to to get to where we want him to be, I I really do. Absolutely. Um, Mia Yim, she could go literally anywhere. <laughs> she'd be she'd be a hit because the, because yeah. you're missing that look. That with with Keith, he would look like a monster, but I feel like AEW would make him start doing that moon flip flippy bullshit, and he'd hurt himself or something. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, Nia Jax was also released. Whew. How 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 how? Wait, wait, before can we can we close with Nia Jax and like run through the rest? Because there's like okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Harry Smith, who had who Harry. had resigned uh, earlier this year, had not debuted on TV, but caught COVID two weeks ago, and we're gonna talk about the COVID thing too. But was he was let go? Um, I'm not gonna miss him. He was an anti-vaxer anyway, so whatever. <laughs> uh. So this would be like his second or third time being released from WWE. So just to let you guys know, he'd been released before. <laughs> Even Marie also let go. I think she had run her course as well. I think they literally brought her in to get Dewdrop over. And when Dewdrop was over, they said, "Okay, we don't need it. We don't need you." Anymore. They she just didn't fit in the climate currently anymore. Yeah, she 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 yeah she she didn't fit in what WWE's new era kind of was. So yeah, and and not. shout out shout out to them for understanding the assignment. You use her. To, to get heat on one of your new people and then you put your new your new person in the finals of the queen of the ring that's it <laughs> bada boom, bada boom boom i told I, and, and like i said they pushing the shit out of dewdrop they they see it they see it for her they didn't see it with eve marie and y'all and y'all always say they love blondes <laughs> nia Jax, how 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 we tread in here because yeah okay how we tread in how we tread in um all right <laughs> I think Nia Jax um I don't think she should have been released 
But if you if, but, if you go by what we think the reason she got released for, then yes, she should have. I would I would say if it's the reason that we hope for, they better hope that no one else in there is unvaccinated <laughs> because that is going to be a problem. Surprisingly, I think that if they was going, if they was taking AS overseas, I think the whole lot of them would have to be because they can't come back without it. Right. So, think but not. Them, a, I don't think everyone went overseas though. No, that well, I mean, a, a good portion of them did, but you know that. But here's a, this, here's the thing: is tricky. They can't all go because they right. gotta, they got to have people on the shows. So you can you can you can play you can play process of elimination. But I think that at the end of the day, I. I there's a lot of people who I think two and three weeks ago was 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 calling for her head. Turned around and was like, oh, like being being real different after she got let go. And and I think that it's like the narrative on her has never changed to me, regardless of, of, of what happened. Because we've seen we literally saw her get into a fist fight last month. I mean. She was being disrespected. I understand. I mean, she's not all to blame for this damn fist fight. Yeah, well, okay, we've um, seen her. We, uh, Mills, you want me to go get a list? Of the no, no, no. Shit? I mean, yeah, no, no, no. I, I absolutely agree. Um, I cannot believe you are. I cannot believe you were on Naya Hive right now. I'm not Naya Hive, but I was like, do I think she should have? Like, I respect what she brings in terms of like how she fits in this overall division. I think she brings something completely different um, than a lot of, she's not like most girls. Um, So there's part of me, but I completely understand like if they're for the reasons that they, they do um, at the reason that they, they have, I mean, she's, she's injured quite a bit of people, but that never started. She wasn't released before because of that. That's why you know what I'm saying? that's why I think it is because of what they're rumoring it to be because the posts don't lie like that. And they were the ones who reported it. It it was too many people reporting it that had no, you know what I'm saying? That had no connection to each other. Right. For me to believe that and and if and if things are to be believed over, you know, at least 5 of these releases were because of that. You know what I'm saying? Allegedly. Allegedly. Hey, you say allegedly. I say, I'm gonna say allegedly. You just for our own. I'm gonna say my. Dick. I'm saying. A, I'm saying. I'm gonna say allegedly just for our own safety. Not like our own safety or anything, but just like, you know, for our show. Got to say allegedly. But you can you can pretty much go down the list and see who it was, and 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 and, and you know there were some surprising names. I don't think people want to want to reconcile the fact that some of those shocking names are going to be the people that they really love, and I think that's really what it is. I no, hope no one will be ready to reconcile that if Keith Lee was one of the people that said he wasn't going to get vaccinated. Right. No but one. Will if there's still, but if there's still people on the roster who aren't vaccinated, then that's going to be a fucking problem. I, I, I'm telling you, I highly, with the amount of travel overseas they have to do, and the money right. that they get to do that, because they remember they they still get paid to do that shit. I highly, right. I highly doubt that it was anyone on this list that that well, wasn't in that locker room that, that didn't have it. Well, Nia Jax definitely spoke out. Similar to kind of everyone. Everyone spoke their piece. We're in this real social media age where we actually get to hear about these people and how their releases went. Um, she spoke out necessarily that she was going through a mental health break because of kind of everything 
that's been happening in her life recently and she was let go during this she said she expressed that um wwe was ready to call her back on the road she says i need a little bit more time um and then mo- a couple days later she was let go so um a lot of people are pretty much under they're like yo that's not cool that's not cool at all <laughs> oh yeah but but I'm naturally, I'm naturally vaccinated. I'm, I, I got natural protection from the vaccine is okay. So um, I'm sorry. I got no, I got no, listen, you know, who was on the, who, you know, who was on contract and had mental health issues and was even allowed to re-debut. You might, you might remember a guy, I mentioned him earlier. His name was Laura Sullivan. Mm. So even trying to frame that that argument is like that got let go for having for having mental health issues is I don't think she said she was let go for having mental health issues. Okay. I think she was let go during her mental health issues. You know what I'm saying? Which is a little bit different. And also okay. the only thing is a little bit different because it's also pre COVID. Okay. So but <laughs> oh, again, okay. <laughs> I understand. I I understand what you mean, but I overall think, you know. I think when we, especially considering, you know, everything that we talked about on this episode, this it's important to address all these things and have these kind of conversations. If I were her and I was going through that thing, I would have at least appreciated the conversation beforehand just to make sure that I'm okay, everyone's okay. Um, and then, like, here's how here's what we're going to do moving forward and still release her or something. So what if, so what if she capping and it was actually about the vaccine? I, I have no idea. Does that reframe? Your- I'm just going off. I'm just going off of what does she said right now. With, does that reframe with what? Because the thing is, the thing is, it will like, reframe it. But I haven't really heard an opposition they, they that was reported suck. yet. The company and her, they both suck. I agree. They both, they both suck. The company sucks, and, and she sucks too. I agree, but I haven't heard anything from the opposition regarding that. Like I've heard no opposing reports of like she capping. So I'm going off of what she's saying and and how she personally feels about this entire situation. But honestly, there's nothing that she can do about it right now because she's been released. Um, So we'll kind of see how things unfurl after this. She was a pretty much, I would say, right up there with Keith Lee, probably the biggest shocker of this entire thing to me. Because they ain't let her go when she was breaking arms and and fucking up people. (laughs) It, it, it's, a, it's a shock that they're letting her go now. They call they call Rock and said, "Listen, we gave you the bag. You got to do what we got to do. <laughs> we got to do right. what we got to do." All right, Let, so, let's quickly go over SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, because this show is running long, but I'm sure people enjoy it. Um, SmackDown. I got a I got a bone and pick with SmackDown. I'm not ready to say you're right yet, though. <laughs> why the fuck not <laughs> i'm not ready to say you're right though because I, right, think, well, I think the okay. real issue here isn't with the women's division to be honest with you i think the women's division is kind of kind of lit with, with shot sisha on on the okay. on front and center and charlotte and sasha like i think the women's division is kind of lit not gonna lie to you absolutely okay uh have we talked about the survivor series teams no but we can talk about that we can we can wedge that into the smackdown talk yeah so i don't think it's the women this time, I I really do think, and this is a this is a controversial decision. I love love him. I love for what he's done. I love him for the year he's given us a content. Roman Reigns is bringing the showdown to me. I think it's 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 entering Triple H territory for me. Mm. In terms it's, of, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Well, I, no, I, no, no. I think I think it's really tough to have a four hundred plus reign. Yeah, in and this day carrying age. the same and in 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 kind of carrying the same gimmick, rolling around. There's been no turn. There's been no flip. There's been no adversity. It's really been four hundred and thirty, probably like six days now, of him whooping many an ass. Listen, man. I think he's treading water. It can change. This can definitely change. Do I see anyone on the horizon other than Drew McIntyre doing that? No, because they've set no one up to do that, which is fine because Roman always delivers match wise. So he, you could put him against anyone on the roster realistically, and he would make them, he would make us feel like they had a chance. Right. So like, that's how good he is. So it's nothing against Roman as a talent. It's more so really the writing of it. The fact that he's got Brock literally just hanging out in in the the in the wings to win this title which I'm not excited about either. I don't think he should win it. I, I think he should just do one-offs. Um I see nothing Mills in the immediate future beating him. And then you have us turning back right into a new day feud which I'm just not a fan of. I, I, the the new day stuff I tuned out of. I, I really did tune out of it on Friday. I, I was not a fan of it. I agree. I agree. Only for the, the, the sentiments of we've seen this a lot before and stuff like that. Like, that's really kind of where I agree. And, I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier in the episode, but one would have to think that Roman Reigns is on a collision course with Big E, which is would add a lot of, you know, this the things that are going on on SmackDown would add a lot of context to that kind of battle that, you know, we expect moving forward. But, um... It, it's it's a, it's a tough reign. I personally think, if you had to say the reason why SmackDown thing, you need more stars on SmackDown. You need more um, points of inflection on SmackDown. You need various things like Happy Corbin. Come on. Are we really doing this? And we're supposed I'm, to believe, like, I bro, know they love Happy Corbin or they love Baron Corbin just in general. I'm bro, throwing my hands up because you had an opportunity to really turn this guy. And now he's just doing the same thing he was doing before he turned, but with a sidekick again. <laughs> like we're, we're my, my issue with SmackDown, especially when the draft was, was just like, we didn't have enough of those characters that can do both things. Um, and clearly on SmackDown, it's a lot of wrestling on SmackDown. Um, but we need that kind of character work. And then we also need additional stars. I said they should have drafted, you know, Riddle and Randy should have went to SmackDown or AJ and almost should have went to SmackDown. Miz and Morrison maybe should have went to SmackDown. Now, I'm not saying all of them at the same time. I'm saying or. So this is just to add a little bit of, you know, there's some versatility between people who can work singles, people who can work a tag team, people who can add something to the show and who have enough cachet to be able to for people to kind of like introduce themselves and bounce off of them. Um, They're missing depth and SmackDown has to create these new stars, but I I don't know how many of those stars are like, unless they go. I mean, there's obviously drew, but like we've seen drew fight for the world title recently. So you don't really want to do that immediately. I ain't mad mad at, um, I think drew is going to be the Royal rumble. Yeah, but then he like if he loses, then what? Which he yeah. probably will. 
Because the thing is, is that the only people that like you could come out for and really go up for is like Rock and Brock. And they set themselves up for that. And that's the issue where it's like Big E, it looks more exciting, right? Because he's got guys he could realistically lose to. You know what I'm saying? And then turn you know, turn on the other cheek. Seth could lose to anyone too. But here you got right. like, you got really cool stuff like Ricochet making a break. I'm, I'm, the one thing I can say post-draft, they have found something for pretty much everybody to do except for like Tegan Knox right now. You know, like everyone's doing something. You know what I mean? And with SmackDown, it's like, you're, there's a huge gulf between the mid card and the top card that Raw just don't got it, because it, realistically anyone could go up to the, to the you know to face Biggie right now you know what I mean and mm-hmm. I just don't think that having Nakamura feuding with Happy Corbin looks like they're not doing that anymore which is like who who's he gonna face then and then having the Viking Raiders you know not going after the Usos immediately like what are you doing <laughs> it's just weird. They are Rich Holland at the Seamus stand, bro. <laughs> well, well, the Rich Holland thing makes sense to me. That's one thing. I, you know what? You're right. Like, I, I do like the Rich Holland. Rich Holland Seamus has the potential for violence, un, unlike the likes that we've never seen before on this show. <laughs> like, it, they it's need, they need a couple. They need a couple. Listen, they have. I mean, they can if they want to. I it mean, Jeff Hardy's up. old, but Jeff Hardy's pretty popular. Up. They should have called up Pete Dunne, to be honest with you. They should have called up Gargano. They should have called up a lot of people for that show. I feel like there weren't enough NXT call-ups for them. Hit Row's not ready. You know, I don't even know who's going to be the breakout singles guy on that on that team. But I'm just looking at the roster, and I'm just like, I, I just don't... Nothing makes me feel like... I, I'm sorry, Mil- I can't get excited for another Roman match where he beats somebody again. Yeah, I mean... We like the the Finn match, right? But are we ever going to watch that again? Nah, I mean, but it also hurts the fact that Roman has also beaten Brock Lesnar and John Cena. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, like, who y'all? Who the rest of y'all, really, to be yeah. honest with you? If Brock can't do it, why the fuck should I believe Ricochet can do it? The only person I could believe that could do it is Drew, and I feel like people are going to be pissing their pants if Drew McIntyre beats Roman Reigns, even though, to me... That's a realistic option to me. Like you could actually do that and they could have a really good feud for that title, but no one would want to see it because they'd be pissed off because they just don't, they, they would be like, well, it should be someone else other than him. But it's like, your sh- this show has been kowtowed to him for like so long. <laughs> we need a change. Hey man, this, this SmackDown roster is bleak. I know I said it a couple of weeks ago, but this shit is bleak. Shout out to the ladies. If y'all get used by all means, go crazy. But this shit is bleak, bro. Um, what else happened on SmackDown? Uh, not much, quite honestly. Just had a couple matches and stuff like that. A little bit of Ali, a little bit of Ricochet, a little bit of Drew, a little bit of everybody. Um, they're using people, but you know, if the main program don't make sense, like we try, we all trying to figure this shit out. Yeah. Um, Xavier Woods finally got a, a solo, solo song. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. You know what? Let's talk about the Survivor Series team. How do you feel about these matches? They were announced on Twitter over the weekend. They kind of gave in to what everybody was looking for. I think the women's match is int- more interesting to me than the men's match. I think because the men's matches are well. Let me let me let's announce the uh, let's announce the participants right now. Um. Damn. Where is it? Wallen. I should have had this pulled up. It is Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens. Um, Finn Balor, 
Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio versus now let's see if I can do SmackDown off the top of my head. Drew McIntyre, mm-hmm. Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. Um fuck. I'm literally doing this off the top of my head. Um Shinsuke? No. Okay. Baron Corbin. Yes. I know he was on there because he that pissed a lot of people off. Um Xavier Woods. And yeah, I don't fucking remember the last one. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh it is um it's uh wait a minute. Okay, it's McIntyre, Hardy, Woods, Zane, and Corbin. Hardy, there you go. That's it. This match, I mean, Drew McIntyre and your team, you're automatically winning. There's too much to me. I feel like we're getting into prediction territory here where it's like we're predicting the show, but it's like, I feel like it's obvious that there's way too much. There's a program going on between two of these guys on the, on the raw team, which is going to stop them. Dom is a consummate fuck up. It feels as though him and Ray are going to have a match really soon. And, and raw and Rollins and Kale have a, have something going on. So, it's 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 Drew's for the taking. I, I I see the one thing he hasn't done yet is be Soul Survivor. So there you go. I don't like teams that can't get along, <laughs> especially when they do it twice. Yeah, because <laughs> because the, the women's team is literally the same thing on SmackDown. The but yeah. flipped. Uh, the women's teams for Raw: Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queen Zelina. So right there off top. You've you've got the the Bel Air live thing going on because they both want Becky, I'm sure, and uh, Carmella and Zelina against Ripley, which is weird that Ash Nikki Ash isn't in the match, but it can't be five on five, or it can't be six on six. Uh, the SmackDown team: Sasha, Sasha Banks, Shanna Baszler, Shotzi, uh, Shotzi, Natalia, and Aaliyah, who will be making what I would hope is not her first match on the main roster <laughs> on Survivor Series. Good lord. <laughs> The SmackDown team, Natalia, I, Natalia. <laughs> this, other than Natalia, I really do love the the shot, the injection of younger. You know what I'm saying? Like like newer stars on the SmackDown team. Other than the Natty, I think the Raw team is is, is hard body to me. Yeah, because but they be lopsided in these matches so fucking hard. Like SmackDown's yeah. gonna go down like five two, and we're just gonna we're just gonna have to sit through it and see. Like okay, well, good luck. <laughs> Good luck, Sasha Banks. Um, Sasha Banks comeback. You're gonna love that, huh? <laughs> I, I see a fiery Shotzi. face comeback. Are you shocked at what they're giving Shotzi here? I feel like people were scared of her being a heel, Ooh. and then it happened, and everyone's like all in now. And I'm just like, well, I, everyone said give it time, and then and then they're doing it. You know, she looked great. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um. All right. So. I think that's enough for SmackDown. Um, up next, Justin's going to take a little dip out because yeah. he's got some things to do. Um, yeah. I will be reviewing Monday Night Raw. Yes, it is the meal show at the end of the show. Who knows what I will say without Justin <laughs> here? I hope he's very afraid. And I hope I'm, he has to scroll all the way to the end to hear what I have I to say. Feel like, I feel like I'm going to have to listen to this show early because I can listen to it whenever. I'm going to have to probably put some comments in here. <laughs> Good luck. Um, Meals Reviews Raw, up next. This is an ordinary man. Honey, I'm home. I made dinner. 
This is a hungry man. Baby, I'm home. How was work today? A few body slams. The usual. I'm starving. What's for dinner? I made your favorite. Hungry man. A whole pound of food men love. Fried chicken, mashed potatoes, corn and pudding. Mind if I join you? Hungry man from Swanson. It's good to be full. Get your own sucker! Whew. Okay, we are here. We are back. Obviously, this is the meal show. This is the meal section. This is, he's going so low. He's doing his own thing. No Justin in this part of the show because I am the one who's doing the raw recap tonight. So, um, I just finished watching Monday Night Raw. It's actually 11.08 p.m. right now. And to be honest with you, I mean, the ending of it, albeit a journey to get there, still a little bit unsettling. Like, I'm still kind of going through it right now. Kevin Owens is once again a heel. He has done what we have guilted him into doing. Because, you know what, Kevin Owens is like, it's like a Mary J. Blige album, right? Like, you want her to be happy and do these happy things. You might get a just fine. You might get a a, a a family affair. But realistically, you want that. Um, I'm going down. You want that. I'm not going to cry. You want that. Seven days. You want those songs from Mary J. Blige that you're not going to get from anywhere else. And that's what we want from Kevin Owens. Let's, let's stop running with ourselves. Let's, listen, we want Kevin Owens to be a heel, whether he's staying or not. Because, I mean, quite frankly, I mean, the man looks like he's one foot out the door, one foot in. Um, whether he's staying or not, listen, this is what we want from KO. So KO is a heel. And it looks like Big E is going to get some sort of major program. Um going for the WWE Championship pretty soon, but does this usurp Seth Rollins' role in all of this? Who is the ultimate bad guy? Who is the true baddie in all of this situation between Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens? Um, who gets the opportunity? Who gets the shot? Who could potentially ruin Survivor Series for Big E? But listen, um, we got more Survivor Series news. Listen, this the beginning part of this podcast has aged terribly. Just on Monday Night Raw, they decided to switch things up. They decided to announce a couple things. First of all, for Survivor Series, since we're talking about um, the WWE Championship, our main man, the guest on the show, friend of the show at this point. Anyone who joins the show is a friend of the show. Big E versus Roman Reigns at Survivor Series. It's going down in Brooklyn. Peacock. 8, 7 Central, Sunday, November 21st. It's going down. Um, You have that to worry about. You have, thus far, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. Raw versus SmackDown. Champion versus Champion. How does that sound? Oh, my God. And then they want to trip us up, right? So they must have been hearing everything that we've been talking about, about Dominic. And now Dominic, very flaccid, frog splash, very... uh unimpressive to say the least probably should have been left on smackdown probably could have been probably should have went to nxt well guess what dominic is no longer going to be on that survivor series team because the man who beats your sons the man who says pretty much in this sort of situation anyone can get it hashtag anyone can get it 
Bobby Lashley beat the shit out of Dominic on national television and Rey Mysterio, by the way, because, you know, he ain't the only one that can get it. His hand is rated E. It's for everybody. Um, Bobby Lashley has now replaced Dominic in the men's Survivor Series tag team match. So thus far, now we have the roles of Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, Rey Mysterio versus Drew McIntyre, King Xavier. Happy Corbin, Jeff Hardy, and Sami Zayn. What's not to like about that? I mean, that's pretty fire to me, to be honest with you. I don't know. I'm, I mean, once you put Bobby on that other team, it kind of looks stacked now. Let's say Drew. Drew's gonna have to pull. Drew's gonna have to pull some ish to be able to get out of here, man. Like he's gonna. Easy. It's a little bit lopsided. There's a lot of world champions on that other side. No offense to the other guys on the show, but you know it's uh, it's, it's mid carders on your side, my guy. Um, we had a fantastic main event, nonetheless. We had Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. They went for over thirty minutes in the main event of Raw. Clearly, I think you from this situation, you can tell. Um, these guys just came from a UK tour, literally came from the UK tour as, uh, Bobby will, no, actually not Bobby, um, Big E before our interview, or maybe he said it during the interview. I at least forgot at this point, but before the interview, he let us know that, listen, I flew in like a couple hours ago. Like I'm still in this hotel room. I'm still doing the thing. Um, you'll be able to see him in all his splendor. If you join the Patreon, of course, Patreon backslash the HORNC, um, However, it, it looked like one of those shows, at least this show is like, all right, let's not make it too hard. Let's not make it too simple. They rehash a lot of matches they did on the UK tour, a lot of programs they did on the UK tour. Um, the first match of the show was an eight man tag team match. It was Team RK Bro, the Street Profits versus the Dirty Dogs and AJ and almost, which was a great eight-man encounter. They did that in the UK. It must have turned up over there. They decided to bring it over and port it to the US. You know what I'm saying? Put some tax on it, some along those lines. Um, let's see. What else did we have on Monday Night Raw here? I mean, like we said, Bobby Lashley returned. Bobby Lashley, he's back. He's black. <laughs> Big black nigga. <laughs> and he came and did the damn thing. Oh, my God. Um, another match. I mean, you had Big E versus Chad Gable, something you don't really see on Monday Night Raw. You don't really see these type of encounters, especially Chad Gable, who's probably your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler at this point, because everyone name drops him. And when you talk about people who don't get the opportunities that they deserve, probably people are like, Chad Gable is incredible. Like, why isn't he getting more opportunities? Well, nonetheless, he went in and he laid it down against the WWE champion, Big E. And I thought it was a great way. Raw doesn't do this a lot. Give the champion exhibition matches. Um... So to see Big E versus Chad Gable and Chad Gable put up so much of a fight and Big E to come out with a definitive victory and also stare down Otis. Come on. Listen, he put that big ending on Otis. My man going to be. Don't hurt yourself. E. Don't hurt yourself. Um, Let's see. I mean, what else we got here? Fatal five way. I, I hated the way Fatal Five Way. I've always hated how that sounded. I always like Five Way Dance. Like it's always been just just some better Fatal Five Way. It's supposed to be a Fatal Four Way. What makes it? Is is it more Fatal as the Five Way? 
See, this is the questions you get when Justin's not on the show. Um, you had a fatal five-way between all five women on the on the Raw, um, Raw Survivor Series team. So they had a fatal five-way. <laughs> I hate that shit. Um, to determine the number one contender for Becky Lynch's Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch is out there on commentary. She's flubbing it up. She's singing Jenny from the block. Um, also, plant a little bit of seeds because Dewdrop, who was previously happy-go-lucky, happy-go-happy, couldn't be more happy. Um, pretty peeved that she is not getting a title shot. She's like, yo, why is this? Why is Bianca keep getting title shots? And, and, and she's failed in, in like, but she hasn't won. Why does she keep getting title shots? I got two words for you, Miss Dewdrop. Affirmative action. Okay. That is why she is getting that title shot. Respect it. Don't be a hater. Come on. Stop. Please. I like you, Dewdrop. Please don't be a hater. Um, Anyway, we had this fatal five-way match between Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, Queen Zelina, and Carmella. The ladies went the distance in this match. They they got probably like 20 minutes, 25 minutes in this match. They went the distance in this match. This is making up for all the times these ladies were on SmackDown and ain't get to wrestle a lick because they got time. Zelina got the flexor stuff. Carmella got the flexor stuff. Liv Morgan got the flexor stuff. Um... A lot of great Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair stare down, so that is fire. But with the interference by Dewdrop, who is being the ultimate hater at this point, um, Liv wins the match. She sneaks out the victory. So we're going to have Liv Morgan versus Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship at some point. How do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? Like, literally. Listen, it can happen to anybody. If you're there long enough, it will happen to you too. Liv Morgan is getting a Raw Women's Championship match against Becky Lynch. Think about that. Think about that. I want to pour one out for the future Endeavored homies. Because, you know, we always say, listen, stay tuned. Um, was that was that term that we used last week on the show? Um, let's let it play out. I saw the things on Twitter too. People were like, you know, once people get released, people are trying to make fun of us uh, to let it play out card. Ha ha. We got the last laugh. Biggie's on our show. Um, nonetheless, Liv Morgan, shout out to that. Liv Morgan, um, winning the number one contendership. So I look forward to that match. I look forward to see what Liv brings to the table when she is on the biggest stage that she ever has. Um, yo, even the 24 seven championship stuff was fun tonight. Like, how does that even happen? Reginald lost the championship to Drake Maverick. So shout out to Drake Maverick, a true 24-7 black belt, um, who then proceeded to lose it to Akira Tozawa, who Akira Tozawa proceeded to lose it to Corey Graves, first match in almost a decade, who then proceeded to lose it to Byron Saxon, the great black hope, who then proceeded to lose it back to reginald and then reginald just kind of like power rangered his way out of there so um listen i'm not mad at it i'm not mad at it at all raw was good but raw is good because they fleece smackdown they fleece them hard it is not even a it's there's nothing to to say more about it 
they got the best of it. They got all the good stuff. And Raw's just, even when they're not trying, even when they're rehashing stuff from the tour, it's just better. Um, that's kind of the raw recap, to be honest with you. I mean, if you've listened this long, you've listened to over an hour and a half of this show already. So I don't want to keep anyone much longer. Plus, I'm recording this right after Raw, so I kind of want to go to bed myself. But want to thank, of course, Big E for appearing on the show today. The WWE champion was on the A show. Where they do that at? I mean, <laughs> um, we also have, listen, if you're going to get your WrestleMania tickets, AT&T Stadium, Dallas. There's a hundred thousand. There's more than enough seats for everybody, apparently. If you're gonna get your WrestleMania tickets, make sure you prepare this week. I'm sure they'll have all the pre-sale codes. I'm sure they'll have everything that you need. So make sure you, your friends, you got a couple computers, you got the travel package, you wanna go to Dallas, you stock up on some masks, cause Dallas, listen, there's the Wild Wild West out there, man. I gotta tell y'all. Um, so, yeah, be prepared for WrestleMania this week. The tickets go on sale this week. They start going on sale this week. So make sure you prepare for that. Um, I'm looking forward to everything that they got going on Monday Night Raw. Friday Night SmackDown, I'll take whatever they get at this point because, you know, it's just it's just a show at this point. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in, of course. Again, thank you to Big E. Um, thank you, Justin, for allowing me to spread my own little, you know, knowledge and word out here i'm doing this solo i'm flying solo this is all one take by the way so if you if you've ever uh if you ever doubt in your mind that i could do this i can absolutely do this um you can also follow the a show at the a show rnc you can follow us on patreon if you want to subscribe to the patreon to get additional content we're supposed to be recording a couple new episodes of watch along soon so make sure you, you you subscribe for that content. Um, what else do I want to say? Oh my God! Um, if I gotta use this time, um, prayers up to the victims of Astro World over the weekend, man. That's a that's a rough beat to go to a music festival and have all that stuff happen. Um, I you know it's 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 just bad. It's just bad overall. So prayers up to everyone there and. Yeah, man, listen, this is the A show, man. If we're not nominated for some sort of podcast award by the end of the year, we've came up big. If we're not nominated for some podcast of the year award or something, the black podcasters of the year, best wrestling podcast, best wrestling podcast featured solo performance. If we're not nominated for something, I don't know what they're doing out here. Um, But nonetheless, we'll see you guys next week on the Roads of Survivor Series. Take care.